So this is Wally. Uh, we're not doing a cartoon just to be church friendly because we haven't done a cartoon all summer yet. Uh, we're doing one because I thought it'd be good to do one at least once during the summer. And after Wally, we'll probably do two more movies. Uh, I really want to do The Dark Knight. Uh, I think it's got some great things we can look at, and then we'll do one other. But I got to, I got to explain the other one to you later. So it's anyway. Uh, if you like more, maybe we'll do more later. Uh, I, when, when we come to movies, I always think, you know, what does it mean to enjoy entertainment? Because entertainment is not simply shutting off our minds and just saying, oh, mindless entertainment, because nothing is mindless. All storytellers are trying to tell you something by their movies and what they say. There's a message in it, even in cartoons. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of cartoons that people just say, oh, it's a cartoon, it must be okay, and there's some crazy stuff in it that parents allow in their homes, which shouldn't really be there. Uh, the guy who wrote and directed WALL-E is a guy named Andrew Stanton. This is the guy right here. Uh, Andrew Stanton, uh, he has had interviews in World Magazine and Christianity Today, and he is unashamed about the fact that he is a believer in Jesus Christ. This is also not the reason why I picked Wally. It just is kind of a fun little thing. I didn't even know it until after I picked the movie Wally to do, and then I was research, uh, researching some stuff, and I found out he was a believer. If you go to our website after tonight's done, you can read the interview he did with Christianity Today. We'll put the article and the link up for you on our, on our website. Uh, and Andrew Stanton said this. He says, My biggest thing is that people enjoy, when they go to movies, they have a good time, that they really get transported and feel something. Because to me, uh, a great story, a great movie is that it made you care about something. And typically, that's because you've tapped into some truth. Truth isn't always pretty. Truth isn't always fair. And truth isn't always inviting. But when you tap into truth in the right way, you can't ignore it, and it touches you to your core. So he says this is why he enjoys good movies. And he tries to write good movies for that fact. Uh, I believe all directors, all writers try to convey something to you in the movies and the stories they tell, which is absolutely true because of Wally, uh, because I believe we are all made in the image of God. We are all storytelling creatures in some way. Many times our stories are tainted by our own bias or our own darkness, but we still try to tell stories. Anyway, so if you, as you watch Wally, try and see what it evokes inside of you, what Andrew Stanton is actually trying to say to you. Uh, I'll give you just a couple, a few trivia things for the movie before we hit it. Uh, the only two voices you might recognize in the movie is Sigourney Weaver. She plays the ship's computer. And there's a guy named Fred Willard, if you're a fan of, like, Best in Show or something. He's, like, the guy who is in charge of the company that makes the ships and actually made Wally. Uh, most of the robots are voiced by a guy named Ben Burt, and he does these through mechanical sounds he created in a junkyard. It's interesting. Uh, some cool tidbits also. Wally stands for Waste Allocation Lift Load Lifter Earth Class. Eve stands for Extraterrestrial Vegetation Evaluator, even though she evaluates all the vegetation on Earth. Uh, it's kind of crazy. And MO, there's a guy named Mo later in the movie, and it stands for Microbe Obliterator. He's a cool dude, this Mo. Uh, the, the makers of WALL-E, they actually consulted uh, Roger Deakins, who, uh, who was a live-action director, because they wanted him to give them ideas of how real light would look in any situation. So they go back and redid the movie with real lighting, so it would look like, like a real movie. So the film contains numerous references to Apple computers, and we're all Mac fans. Okay, maybe not. Uh, and Wally, when he's fully charged, he makes the sound, the boot-up sound that most apples have had since 1996. Uh, Wally watches his favorite movie every night on an iPod. Uh, there's, a, there's a villainous ship's computer in this, and it's actually voiced by Apple's text-to-speech called uh, Macintosh. It's actually voiced by that, which is interesting. Uh, Eve's design, uh, you'll see in the movie, is actually a throwback. 
because what they tried to do is they tried to take Wally's like the old Apple IIe and Eve's like the new iMac. And so they got this whole idea of trying to make, so what would this look like in robots? Well, you'd have, got a picture of Wally and Eve next to each other? Oh, there you go. So you got, then, so they tried to do Wally and Eve, so kind of thing. Um, Eve was actually co-designed by Apple's senior vice president, uh, Jonathan Ivey, and he's the guy that's uh, responsible for the design of the iPod. Uh, the insect sounds in the movie are made by locking handcuffs. Oh, that's cool. Uh, the cockroach chirps are sped up raccoon sounds. Uh, the wind is actually Niagara Falls, recording on Niagara Falls. Uh, the logo on Eve's chest that appears after she gets the plant, it's the same logo used by uh, Disney's Epcot, The Land. It's the same logo that, that's used up until 2005. Uh, when Wally leaves the Earth, I hope I'm not giving it all away, when Wally leaves the Earth at one point uh, as, he, as he leaves the atmosphere, the satellite you see is the Russian uh, Sputnik 1, which was launched in 1957. Uh, j just so you don't get bored and wondering where's all the dialogue in the movie, in the first five minutes there's some billboards that you see, but the first dialogue between Wally and Eve doesn't take place until 22 minutes into the movie, and human dialogue doesn't take place until 39 minutes into the movie. Um, Andrew Stanton, the whole team that wrote and put the movie together, they, at lunch when they were doing this, they would watch old Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton movies because they wanted to see how you did a movie without too much voice acting. They wanted to see how do we put this together so the acting is just done by what you see. Uh, Andrew Stanton and, and Pete Docter, the two guys who had the brainstorm for Wally, Pete Docter is also a believer. Uh, he wrote the movie Up, which just came out a little bit ago, and we also on our website we'll put the link to the interview with Christianity Today with Peter Doctor as well. Uh, they actually outlined this movie before Toy Story ever came out, back in 1995. Um, and they didn't resume production on this until after Finding Nemo came out. Uh, the seats on, on Wally's earthbound space pod are, are reminiscent of the pull-down restraints uh, used in Disney rides. Did pitch it that? No? No, okay. Uh, and there's a people transportation mover that's, do we have that one? This? This is the idea, if, in, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll see the humans in it, and they're all transported around in some way, and they're transported around basically by this idea. They took this idea, the people mover at Disneyland, and they said, this is what we're going to do to the people in the movie. This will be great, and so that's what they actually did. Uh, uh, Wally is the first Pixar movie nominated for six Academy Awards, and all robots in the movie follow three robotic laws that were outlined by Isaac Asimov, and these are the three laws. A robot may not injure a human being through inaction or allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey any orders given to it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law, and a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not con conflict with the first or second law. You'll see there's some robots in the movie that have a hard time with what to do with this because they're evil. But, um, according to Andrew Stanton's commentary on this movie, uh, the names are caricatured that you see of the ship's captains. If you haven't seen it, you'll see a place where you see the ship captains of the ship where the people are living on. And these are all representations of different people on his Pixar team. So they kind of put all those people in the movie. Uh, the years listed, you'll see how long each captain uh, had his term of service to be. They're all over 100 years. Uh, and if you add them all up, it adds up to 666 years. Kind of interesting. Uh, Wally ever, only ever pronounces Eve's name right once in the entire movie. And one of the trucks you'll see Eve search in the movie is actually the Pizza Planet delivery truck from Toy Story. So there you go. No further ado. Here is Wally. Uh, Roger Ebert actually said that uh, Wally is one of the best science fiction movies that he's seen, not just anime, he just called it a good science fiction movie. 
because of the limited face movements, limited dialogue, stuff like that. They actually thought about uh, making Eve do all of these hand movements during the movie, which, which so that they could like, oh, this is what she means. But then they thought, no, let's not do that. Let's just make the movie without any of those gestures and see what people actually get out of it. Uh, which I, I totally get, you know, cartoons where there's no dialogue and all that kind of stuff. Wiley Coyote, always jumping off a cliff, made me want to jump off a cliff. I thought it was totally possible, so it can actually happen. Uh, some people didn't like the movie because they thought it had a heavy-handed anti-consumer message about littering and, and stuff like that. But that was actually not the point of the movie. They actually thought, what happens if we made a movie and everybody left Earth and they forgot to turn the last robot off? That's, that was the premise for what they thought about doing the movie. If you really want heavy-handed, you can go watch Avatar or Fern Gully or, or something like that. Uh, what Andrew Stanton said he simply wanted to show was the consequences of our actions. Uh, science fiction has always tried to do that. You know, Soylent Green is people. And, no, okay, just to, and the Terminator, you know, that, that whole thing, the consequences. We have consequences for our actions. When, I, when we were in Haiti just a little bit ago, everybody in the country, they just take their garbage and they throw it on the ground. The, there are no landfills. Everybody just throws it outside. I'm driving down the road in a car with a couple guys, and he's got, like, this cupcake wrapper, and I go, what are you going to do with that? And he's all, rolls down the window, throws it out because it's, it's just what you do. You, you throw things away, and it's starting to show, actually, in there. Uh, in their country because of how much garbage is there. Uh, Andrew Stanton says, I wasn't trying to make the humans into fat, lazy consumers, but to make humanity appear to be completely consumed by everything that can distract you to the point where they lost connection with each other even though they're right next to each other. So Andrew Stanton, again, as the guy who, who writes the movie, he, he is a believer, and he said he wanted to convey certain things in the movie. So here's, I'll give you just what those things are. Uh, Wally. Well, he's a guy, he's got a blue-collar job. Uh, he seems all alone, insurmountable task, but, but he is a dreamer. He's not annoyed with his work. Work is a part of his life, but he just longs for something more because he's incomplete. Uh, he lives in chaos, but he's trying to establish dominion. He's a man trying to bring some order to a fallen world. So Wally, Andrew Stanton says he's just like Adam. Just like Adam. He, he has a friend. You know, for Adam, it was the animals. For Wally, it's the little cockroach. He's alone, and it's not good that he's alone. Stanton actually named Eve Eve because she was named after Eve. Uh, while Wally's loneliness reminded him of Adam, he's like, he needs an Eve. Uh, Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We are designed to be one man, one woman, or one robot, however that kind of works for a lifetime. And so she shows up, and she's way smoother than he is. She's way prettier than he is. You know, it, it's like just like women are to men. You know, they're just so much better than we are. You know, she's she's like a Mac, and we're like PCs. And uh, and so they cultivate this relationship, and in the end, that, that relationship they cultivate brings life back to the the world. Uh, the fall uh, of where everybody falls into sin. Uh, everyone in the movie is, is stuck with the curse. We as Christians call this sin. Uh, all the humans, they, they are force-fed. Uh, they are in lines they can't deviate from as they go to get their food. Eve is a slave to her program. Wally is a slave to his program until he is set free. Uh, Andrew Stanton said he liked using a machine to convey this because it seems, he said, sometimes a machine might have a greater desire to find out why it is living than actual people do. 
And so he says, the greatest commandment Christ gave was, was to love God and our neighbor, but that is not always our priority. So I came up with this premise where I could demonstrate what I was trying to say, that the seemingly, that the seemingly irrational defeats the world's programming. And so he talks about how Christ's love is irrational by every stretch of the imagination, and yet he would actually come and he would love us as his people. Uh, the robots, they, they are trying to go beyond their base nature. So you ask yourselves, you know, what is, what is our programming? We are, we are born into sin, and, and we are born into fallenness. We are born into self-interest, and, and we're stuck there. Why are we intentionally unloving? And in the movie, Stanton said, it's about breaking away from our sin. You know, in embracing how we become set free as a people. He said, I love the poeticness that these two machines held more care for living and loving than humanity had anymore. Um, he says, uh, you know, we know there's something wrong with the world. It's messed up. We as a people, we, we all long for something more and something better. Now, Wally thinks it's a song and a dance, but it's, it's not. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Uh, Eve, she comes, she comforts Wally, but she can't fix the problem. A community is, is good, but it's not the solution. Neither is a change of scenery. As Wally leaves the earth, gets off the toxic planet, he finds that things are not good in space either. Uh, bro there are broken robots, there's ignorant people, things are broken everywhere. Uh, Andrew Stanton said, this is the metaphor for true life. Uh, we fall into our old habits, our routines, and our ruts, consciously and unconsciously, to avoid living... Uh, uh, avoiding uh, living and having to do the messy parts of life to avoid relationships with other people dealing with the person next to us it is why we get on our cell phones and won't deal with each other in real life and he attributes this all to the fall and that we all need Christ to set us free uh, there's an environmental aspect in it that we are stewards of God's creation the physical world is, is good uh, the, the movie uh, was in the cooker in Andrew Stanton's mind for over uh, 10 years before they actually started working on it. And he said that as, as they were working on it, like 10 years before it started uh, getting drawn out on paper, he was actually sad to see that in his mind the propheticness of what they were kind of talking about in making this movie, uh, that, the, that the widespread obesity in our culture has just gotten worse and worse. Um, Eve has this new life that she takes, and, and it is in her. And she can call people to something new, though it's also kind of very old. Uh, he talks about this, this life that we seek only our own comfort. And he says that's actually evil of humanity when we seek just our own comfort. And when life becomes our own, about our own self-satisfaction, we lose sight of what we were actually created for. And at the end of the day, they come back to earth, they realize that there's work to be done, work is a part of life, serving each other is a part of life, sacrifice is a part of life, technology is not the villain of the film, you know, dirt-covered Wally is showing everyone how to live. You see John and Mary, the two people on, on the ship, and there, you know, there's more to Twitter and Facebook, they actually touch hands and they're like, wow, this is a real person, I get to touch somebody, it's amazing. It seems like everyone who encounters Wally, who is somebody who has been set free from his programming, becomes transformed as well. Just like God's people are supposed to be on the earth. We're supposed to be people who live set free, that people who come into contact with us become transformed because of that we are set free. And we love Christ and we are different. You know, the autopilot uh, represents that uh, most people live their lives on this wrong course and they don't want to deviate. Lazy, taking care of, worshiping our own flesh. This is something our flesh actually longs for. But God has so much for people if they will actually listen. Uh, the ship itself, uh, Andrew Stanton said it kind of represented Noah's Ark. 
you know, the, the ship and, and, and Eve and all that goes part of it. The, the ark is saving us from our own folly, from our own folly. Eve is sent out like a dove, like Noah's dove was sent out. She finds a plant, she brings it back, just like Noah, you know, sent out the dove and he brings back that, that little branch. Is it safe to go home? Is it safe to go outside? Yes, she finds the planet. You know, Wally, I think it's kind of cool. It's about, you know, rogue robots, the outcast, and the humans all coming together. Uh, everybody gets united, tears down walls that keep people separated. In the end, you know, you got this little hero that tells, you know, little kids who actually see the movie and live out the movie that self-sacrifice is good, that laying down yourselves for others is good. You know, in, in the movie, it's, it's the outside force, this Wally that comes in and saves the day. And we are a people that need hope and love for each other, but we need more than that. Because it is about our creator who steps into creation to save us, to free us so we can break free of the sin or programming and follow him. We live in a world full of distractions and suppression and voluntary enslavement that slowly kills us just like the people on the ship. Humans need saving because we cannot save ourselves. I mean, this is, this is the point that I understand and as a believer he wants people to get when they start to question and they come into contact with the movie like this. That Jesus has come to open our eyes so we can be people who are born again and live differently. A movie will not change things. And if you're really waiting for a little garbage compacting robot to roll in here and save the day, you're pretty lost too. <laughs> he says, you need Jesus to save the day. And this is what Jesus does. The gospel is about our God coming to save us from our own voluntary enslavement. He sets us free so we can live in a new nature and a new hope and a new life. Uh, and Andrew Stanton, again, tries to put all that stuff into the movie in such a way that people relate to it, and they go, oh, wow, look at that. Uh, and one of the things, like like this movie, as he did it, uh, as also uh, with the book of Eli, the guy who did that, who is not necessarily a believer, but he, these two movies, both directors said, we wanted people to walk away and, want, and be able to talk about something from the movies. We wanted them to actually have discussion about this, about what this entails for us as a people. So I think that's that's kind of, Interesting. Any questions or any comments about the movie? No. no? Okay. I I I've got to tell you this. I really want to do the Hulk. Okay. The second one, the the one with Ed Norton in it, and and I and I and I think we might do that as the next one. Uh, but all but when we get done, you'll be totally surprised at all the things that the Hulk actually represents. I just don't want to turn everybody off by going the Hulk. I'm not going to watch the Hulk. You'll be surprised at, at really what the Hulk represents. It's, it's kind of interesting. So I really want to do that. Let's pray, and I'll send you guys out of here. Uh, Father, thank you so much for being a God who steps into creation to save us. When we are people who get so captivated by our own self-interest, uh, we ask that, that you would make us into those people who are set free from our sin so that we live a life that shows everyone around us that they can be set free as well that you love us dearly and that we no longer have to be slaves to ourselves but we can live in freedom to worship and love you as our God that we can live lives of self-sacrifice for others following the example you gave us and that you would give us the strength to do those things because you are our great and good God Amen